This week in our collective heads Wanna put an old rumor to bed Stereotype that you've all heard How we're all just angry video game nerds Most of us have actual jobs Kids and families and cats and dogs, yeah This week in our collective heads This week in our collective heads we're live. Welcome to this week in our collective heads. I'm Patrick, and we're here uh, live as we are every Sunday, every Sunday morning for you. I'm solo for just a bit today. We're waiting on uh, Kevin, who uh, you know, life happens, late arrivals happen. So uh, we're waiting on him. Uh, as we're waiting, got a few things uh, in the news to talk about. Uh, apologize while I kind of uh, work around on this, but uh, it's been an interesting week uh, for the most part. There's some decent news and some man news. Uh, let's start off with backwards compatibility, which is where we normally start off. Uh, we've got Sega and Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed. This game is magic. So a lot of games tried to copy the magic that was um, that was Se Sega. Sorry, the, the magic that is that is Mario Kart. Uh, few get to do that. I mean, yeah, Diddy Kong Racing can be a thing, but really, it's not, guys. Let's be honest. Uh, Mario Kart's the best, but. Sega, <laughs> Sega really knocked it out of the park with this one. This may be uh, as close to uh, Mario Kart as you'll get uh, without being Mario Kart. Um, I, I played this for quite a while on the Xbox 360. I'm really glad that it's coming to Xbox One because it's backwards compatible and everything. The drifting in this game is phenomenal and transforming through, as the, the game implies, you transform. Uh, the way that works is, if you go into a water area or a, uh, fly, you know, like a sky area, if you will, your car automatically transforms. So you just keep, uh, you just keep basically driving, and as you drive, your car transforms for you. <clears throat> it's really cool because instead of having to, um, uh, instead of having to manually transform like uh, in the Transformers games. Uh, you know, I, sorry, that's a, I know that's a very obvious thing, but instead of having to manually tell the vehicle to transform, it does it automatically for you, so you can continue to drive, you can continue to kind of just enjoy enjoy the ride. This is also available for, for Vita. Um, it was on Wii U, uh, Xbox 360. Totally, totally awesome. Uh, glad it's coming out, for, and, and Nintendo 3DS as it shows there. Uh, we also got, or will be getting, Puzzle Quest uh, Galactrix. I never played this game. I'm not a Puzzle Quest guy. Uh, I don't know if you guys are. Um, I'm not. And uh, I mean, I like puzzles and everything, but this just just does not do it for me. Uh, let's see, what else did we get? We had another Puzzle Quest game, Puzzle Quest 2. Uh, again, not really a Puzzle Quest guy. Let me know in the comments if you guys like you some Puzzle Quest. Personally, um, I, I don't see I know they tried to kind of do their own thing when it comes to puzzles, kind of RPG story-like, but really you're just doing puzzles. It never struck a chord with me. It never motivated me to like to like get out there and play it. Uh, let me know in the comments, like I said, if, if you guys ever got to, uh, to play this. Um, first bit of actual news, uh, Darkest Dungeon. Uh, the DLC, first DLC for Darkest Dungeon was announced, and it is the Crimson Court. Now... There have been amazing reviews coming out for for Darkest Dungeon, and I know Kevin absolutely loved it. We'll have him talk about that later on in the show when he gets when he arrives. But um, everything that I've heard about Darkest Dungeon basically 
wins in the categories that it, that it's trying to hit. Um, it, it is it is kind semi roguelike with a group of people. Uh, anyways, I'll I'll let I'll let um, <laughs> Kevin talk about that more. But the uh, the first actual uh, actual DLC is coming out. Uh, it's called the Crimson Court, and it looks pretty. And I like I like the whole crimson idea. I like that you know kind of Victorian esque feel to it. I don't know if you guys can see that pretty well in the uh, in the video, but pretty good stuff. What technical difficulty? See, usually Kevin talks while I do all the technical stuff for you guys. <laughs> um, we also got uh, some interesting... T I don't know if this is really news. Uh, obviously, we're going to give it to you as news. But uh, there is there is a new uh, rare achievement for Xbox One. So I guess that's the news part of it. Uh, and it comes up comes with this special sound. And it looks like that right there. It says rare achievement locked. I like that they're doing that because one thing that, uh, that does set PlayStation apart is that PlayStation tells you, you know, this is a... This is, more rare this is less rare now xbox does it by the amount of, uh, of points that you get with the achievement but i don't know maybe the maybe the points just it, it just doesn't resonate as well with me as that you know that bronze gold platinum all that kind of uh thing i think that is easier to to just really lock on to and it also sounds just so much sexier when you say you know i got i got the platinum trophy as opposed to saying i got the 200 point achievement it doesn't matter what game you're playing. You can go up to someone and say, "Hey, I got this. I got the platinum on this," and they know immediately what that means. Uh, with the achievements, not as much. You have to actually, you know, describe it. And mm, yeah, so uh, the rare achievement is across uh, all uh, different games, and it does have a special sound to it. Uh, actually, let me see if I can kick on the sound for just a second. This may be disastrous to do this, but. Kevin's not here, so I'd do what I want. So you'll be able to hear the uh, the sound on that one, I think. Maybe? Nope, nope. <laughs> Hard to do. Let's play that again. There's your uh, the special rare achievement sound. Audio, like I said, kind of working there. <laughs> working through this by myself uh, right now. Um, if I was just monologuing, it wouldn't be too bad. Monologuing is hard. If you guys have ever tried this, it's not easy. So it's a special announcement sound all, all across different games, uh, all across every game. Uh, I'm curious what these achievements are. And I haven't seen them listed out yet, but I'm curious what all constitutes a rare achievement. I'm assuming that it's the really rare stuff to do, but... I don't know, it seems like a team would need to <laughs> kind of go through every game to decide which ones are rare, which ones aren't that aren't that important. Um, we don't have really good metrics on this that I've seen like we do with uh, the, the PlayStation Network. The PlayStation Network, if you have specific uh, games, you can look and see a percentage of people who, who've beaten everything. I haven't seen that on Xbox. Let me know in the comments uh, if that does exist because I personally haven't seen it. Uh, what else do we get? We got ukulele uh, get in physical release, which I think this is great for people who prefer physical releases. I personally, I do prefer physical releases, but the digital release 
for so many games is so convenient that I don't think it can be um, can really be overstated how convenient a, a digital release is. And the physical release is great for uh, or when it comes to archive purposes, when it comes to um, you know your collection. The only problem is that when you do uh, do a physical release like that, all the games nowadays require patches. Uh, even even the indie games, you'll have day one patches, day three patches, whatever. Uh, and if you have a physical release, those patches are, are gone. So there is something to be said about about the, uh, the physical release being able to keep your own copy, but a lot of these games don't work very well on day one unless you do the patch. So it's, it's very unfortunate that we're in a time now where uh, the way that... How do I put this nicely? The push to have a game 100% ready on day one isn't as hard as it used to be because we have the ability to patch these things. And it's now to the point where uh, companies realize, oh, you know, our actual final date isn't when we burn the disc, when we ship out the disc. The actual final date is the day the game launches. And these day one patches can be really rough, and to me, it can really delay the magic. When you get that brand new game, midnight or whenever you get the game, and you're just excited, you come home, you put the game in, and you wait, and you wait for a download. Uh, this is even worse on an Xbox One because you put the game, physical release game in and you wait for it to install onto your Xbox One. Uh, PlayStation does this uh, kind of in, in the background. Oh, excuse me. The PlayStation does this in the background, but the Xbox is really, um, it's really irritating because you can be really, if you don't remember that, you're really excited to play a game, it's like Christmas, even worse on Christmas, you get that physical copy, you put the game in, and you wait for the next hour and a half. That cannot be understated, how hard that is for the excitement, especially if you're, you're, you bring something home, maybe you're out at the store, you, you realize, oh, this new game is out, and you're really excited because you forgot it was gonna, it was gonna be out. Uh, or maybe you're giving the gift, game as a gift to someone, uh, to, to, your, to your family member, your significant other, and they pop the disc in and they've gotta download a 15 gig patch. That's just irritating. Anyways, I'll get off of that. Uh, Escapist News, uh, sorry, not Escapist News, that's a different program. Uh, the Escapist 2, uh, was announced. Now we talked about this game before on on the show. The escapists, you play a prisoner uh, escaping a, uh, from a prison. Obviously, uh, there's some really cool mechanics from this. From what I've heard, I've not personally played this game, um, but I'm really glad the first one did well enough that that now we're seeing a, sec uh, a second game come out. <laughs> it's kind of cool. You're seeing people like work out, uh, you know, and you know, different character design. Really fun game. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually trying out this series because I have not tried it out. So, before we go to the next piece of news, though. Yes. Back to Darkest Dungeon. Yes. Okay. So, I wanted to give you that time to talk about Darkest Dungeon. Yes. Okay. And and it actually kind of ties in with, with what you were talking about with patches and stuff. Yeah. Because um, we're, as, as console gamers on this one, we're kind of late to the party because it was one of the ones... That, uh, that was on early access for a while. People played it a lot there mm -hmm. and really enjoyed it. And they continued to do it. And they eventually got like the full release out on Steam. Yeah. And then, um, 
and then by the time you know now it's out on on console and stuff and so uh, yeah but uh, the the biggest thing about the new um, the biggest thing about the new uh, things going on with the the DLC mm-hmm. is we're getting new characters naturally oh, okay okay um, but yeah, so this so this came out uh, what like two weeks ago, I think. Yes. On Vita, and uh, so I've been playing it there, and I I got to a boss um, earlier this week, uh, the old hag, and um, it's that that fight's broken right now. Mm. Or I'm sorry, it was broken yesterday. Then they patched it's it. It's fixed now. Yeah. Yeah. They they've been really good about about staying on top of that and, and keeping up with, you know what's what's required. Yeah. That. So I'm looking forward to the new class. Um, one of the bummers is right now we don't have. Uh, there's a class called the Musketeer that's only on PC. That's unfortunate. But uh, but yeah, go go get Darkest Dungeon. Play that because that's, that's a fun game. <laughs> so we got uh, Mankind Divided is getting uh, HDR support. More more and more games are are coming out to be announced that they will actually have the support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm glad that this one is. There's quite a few companies that are saying. You know, you know, we're we're past that. We're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, this is this is going to be the first one that comes out on PS4 that they've announced. Hey, this is going to be a thing because apparently they they got the heads up, you know, in okay. advance about and so, HDR. Right. And so now they're going to be able to to throw that in there. So I'm excited about seeing how that looks. And also, since we've been doing all this mm-hmm. all this HDR talk and stuff. Um, I've been paying way more attention when I'm walking past TVs. I'm like, okay, you're, you're a TV, but do you have everything that I need? Yes, because HDR, you need to, now need HDR10, not just 4K. Right. Um, I, I know I predicted this before. Um, we've probably got a year or... I said two years. tried about a year and a half or two years before. Uh, all HDR, in my opinion, HDR10 is going to take over. Dolby will be a, a lesser thing. Or Dolby, Dolby will adapt... Uh, to it. Are you saying um, that because uh, that's where porn's going? Uh, I didn't realize that. No, I, I don't either. It's okay. just a trop- Tropic Thunder reference. Well, that's what happened. That's what happened with, yeah, with the DVD with, with the Blu-rays. Yeah, well, they they have they have an entire conversation in that movie. That's that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Is where the is where the the nerd with them mm-hmm. sits there and talks about. Well, actually, yeah, and and it's 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 a really fun. That's why VHS caught on instead of instead of beta. So no, that's that's not the reason for HDR10. The reason, in my opinion, is because both game consoles are pushing for that, and you have such a large install base, and so many people nowadays use their console. Well, not not only that, but um, that's there's a there's a big crossover there Mm -hmm. because like. Gamers tend to be the ones that are looking for the next thing because, yes. like, um, CGI for movies advances mm-hmm. because it advances in games. Like, if yes. you if if you look at if you look at the games that were coming out around the time of Final Fantasy Spirits Within, mm-hmm. that was about where technology was there. Mm-hmm. But like, Final Fantasy VIII was the one that pushed it to that next level, yeah. and then prepared them for this. And so, like, as you watch, that's where the the innovation is happening. Yeah, and so. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover because that's where the devs are looking to work. This, this is true. This is true. Um, so, do you know much about the Danganronpa? Because I don't. <laughs> and it's a thing. Uh, it is. Yes. 
So the uh, Danganronpa is coming to PS4 2017. Yeah. Uh, I'd heard of this. I have not seen it at all. So I guess this is almost like a reaction trailer for me. Um, <laughs> all right, well, then you go ahead and do that, and then I'll so, give you actual details. Very Japanese, obviously. Um, Makuma. I'm, I'm trying to get... Uh, oh, you know what? No, 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 no. I think I saw... This was the one where you play the group of people. Yeah. This is the one where you play the group of people, and you're like... Trying to figure out, school, like, trying to high figure school, out trying murder. to figure out the murder yeah, mystery. Yeah yeah, 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 it's the one that I recommended uh, that you guys check out that one movie about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's that's really exciting. Uh, if you if if you if you do have a Vita, uh, you can go ahead and pick it up there. But these are these are like visual novels um, with a mystery component, mm -hmm. and so you'll you'll have uh, scenes. Seasons, you, you know, on, whatever, yeah. whatever you're going through, and so like at the end of each section, there will be a trial, and you're trying to figure out, you're trying to find enough clues in gameplay to be able to make the correct assessment to execute the right person. Sure. Because Monokuma, he thirsts for blood, and well, at least half of him does, <laughs> and so he he's, he's going to kill somebody, and so it's it's really fun to see the dynamic between the characters and just to watch. Uh, just to watch how that plays out. Mm -hmm. I've I've gotten, um, I'd seen these for a while, but I didn't actually get into like actually playing visual novels mm -hmm. until um, until it came over to to PlayStation Plus. Yeah, and you know we got that one last month, two months ago, whatever. And I was like, okay, that's how this is how this I'm, works. Yeah. yeah, and I'm and I'm on board because like these these are a little bit more expensive than uh, typical Vita titles. They're like forty bucks. Mm -hmm. I think this. Uh, because the the way that they're advertising it is Danganronpa one and two, mm -hmm. and they're preparing for Danganronpa three, which is coming out on PS4. And so, if you haven't had a chance to play those, I encourage you to pick those up. Um, if if you don't play on consoles, these are also available on Steam. So they're expanding this, and they're they're giving this to a new audience, which is really cool because it is really a strange and twisted series that that I encourage those of you with the stomach for it to, <laughs> to check that out. It's also an interesting medium. I know that <clears throat> America hasn't really, uh, we haven't really caught on here to the. Um, it's like a bandaid. Yeah, take a bandage, rip it. Um, you know, it's 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 a lot bigger in Japan and China and China and the Philippines, as I've been talking to people there, that uh, it's it's a lot more popular than than it is here for that that type of of medium. Yeah. And I'm surprised. Um, or I guess it's it's just it's just different. I'm glad that it's coming over here. That this this media, this this graphic novel, this uh, interactive graphic novel yeah, is, is coming it's here. It's one of the best examples of that. And and honestly, if Telltale Games were this, mm -hmm. I would play them. Um, the because the the story mm -hmm. and the characters is where Telltale is strongest. Mm -hmm. And I don't Amazing. need to walk around like let me let me just click on stuff. Yeah, just just remove the gameplay, and I'll buy your stuff, Telltale. So, <laughs> if your game wasn't a game, that. I would buy it. If if you took out the game part. <laughs> so we got some news about Cricket Wireless. So if you guys didn't yeah. know, Cricket Wireless is a is a smaller uh, mobile cellular provider. Uh, actually, was one of my customers for a while. Okay. So uh, they're basically saying they don't want to support Pokemon Go. Well, it's not that they're saying they don't want to support Pokemon Go. It's yeah. just not working there. Um, a lot of the Pokemon, and uh, people have been reaching out to me on Twitter because um, I started to see this a little bit, and they figured out that that was the issue. Uh, you know, because like if you're if the game's not working for you or something, then you reach out to other people who are playing it, and you're like, is it is it broken for you? <laughs> you know, it's it's like the the 
is it down websites mm-hmm. and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Like the first thing you want to do is, is, is it me? Is it me? No. Yeah. And and in this case, um, the, the common denominator has been the fact that these are users of Cricut Wireless. Correct. And the most frustrating thing about this is it's not that it's not supported, it's just that it's not working 95% of the time. Like people were able to, to do hot fixes, like they were able to turn AirPlay mode off and on and then it would work for a little bit and then it wouldn't. And uh, both Pokemon and uh, I guess Niantic, Niantic and, and Cricket Wireless have both been silent on this, yeah. which is really disappointing because this is a really popular thing and clearly you had it working for a while, so you, you done goofed. You, you messed something up, either accidentally or deliberately, and that, that needs to be addressed. I have my theories. Please, theorize. But I'm in the industry, so I don't know if I should theorize. I don't know if I can get in trouble for it. Really? Yeah. Well, you could whisper it to me, and then I could purport it <laughs> as my theory. Um, I don't think this was 100% deliberate, um, knowing how... Well, they're not my customer anymore. Uh, knowing how, knowing, so I'll just nice. put it this way. Knowing how Cricket themselves handle their own issues. Okay. And having been on the inside and seen that, I don't think that this was deliberate. I think that this was, um, this was accidental and they don't know how to fix it. Entirely possible. Because I've worked with them on stuff like this. Well, not like this specifically, but I've worked with them on big issues. Yeah. And they're just scrambling the whole time. So that's more than likely what's happening there. And because they're most... Because while Pokemon is a large um, operation, mm-hmm. they don't they don't view things like that as their main bread and butter. Yeah. So it's put to the side. Well, I mean, it's... Technically not, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. So that's my that's my quasi insider bit on that. Having worked with these people in the past, um, and the only reason I was, I was this thing, man, I don't know if I should talk about I, that's that's the I can I'll put that part. There's other stuff that I could say. Yeah, but um, that, yeah, that's that's my feelings on it. Okay. Well, if that if that is in fact the case, then hopefully that means that they. Like I said, that they are working on it, and hopefully it'll be able to, to roll out a patch of, of some kind or do something. I hope so. It's not going to be a patch. You won't, you won't see it as a patch in well, Niantic. It'll no, be, but they'll, they'll it'll fix be, yeah. something. Yeah. And then um, there's a couple more um, releases that Niantic's doing, and so it's possible that like as the API changes, then... Hopefully Niantic fixes it on their side, because that'll actually fix it quicker. <laughs> if Niantic yeah. goes, oh, you know realized I broke some of my customers this way uh, I don't know if they will but yeah um, there is a little bit of news on on different patches that are coming out they're they're messing with the with the gyms where whenever you're trying to train with your own team yeah you can bring in six instead of just the one which is good which is which is good and it makes it easier for people who don't have you know the high-end Pokemon or whatever because Obviously, there's going to be people who are going to figure out the math and like have you know spreadsheets for days and figure out the optimum way to play this and set up everything so it can't be can't be beaten. Yeah. But like if you're if you're a more casual player, mm-hmm. you can come up on one of your own gyms and you're like, well, I I can't do anything. Here. Yeah, I can't train here. I'm just gonna. Well, you could, but it's frustrating. Yeah. And and if you have one, and even your most powerful one can't take on their lowest whatever. Yeah. 
then you can you can feel excluded from the team. If you can throw all six of your most powerful, and maybe you can take out the bottom one, <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I I, I think uh, the only problem with this is it might it might make uh, gems almost impenetrable because you can get a lot more experience and buff up the gem a lot mm -hmm. easier. Mm -hmm. So that's that's possible, but I mean, people way smarter than me are working on this. So I, I think um, from my work with the gyms, I think that it, I, I don't think it'll make it impenetrable. But what it will do is, it when when a gym is taken over, mm -hmm. it will buff it will buff up a lot quicker because right now you have a, a window depending on how many people are there, depending on if you've got a, essentially a team of people working with you. Because yeah. I've seen where a group of two or three people take over a gym, and then they start training to try to buff it up. And yeah. in 30 minutes or so, they're up to level three, four, or something. Um, this could make it where in that 30 minutes, if you have a dedicated group of people, that you could get up to like five or so. Yeah. And I think that makes it a little rough if you're an individual. And I think and the majority of people who play this game, um, as, as crowd-based as it is, yeah. the majority of people that actually play this game when it comes to gyms do it as an individual. Yeah. So, uh, the the catching aspect, the the social aspect, has been very group based. But when it comes to gyms, it's been very solo. Uh, every now and then, you get a group. Um, I'm just waiting for for trading, which yep. we which we're supposed to get in November, so next month. But yeah. I hope we'll get it. Um, the only thing that they've said that they've talked about um, as far as the patch that's mm -hmm. coming out. Um, there's a patch coming out in two weeks, and then they haven't said anything other than that about yeah. the future patches. But what's coming out uh, next is um, they're going to increase the likelihood that you'll be able to find rare Pokemon mm -hmm. based on how many of that type that you found, and that's going to be based on metals. So if you have the you know the the metal for poison or fire or whatever, then you are more likely to find the rare type of that, which is which is exciting. Which and like very much so. See, I I play this game differently. Because I, I I don't care about gems. I don't care about my team. Like, you just collect. I, I just picked one. Yeah, I want I want to collect them. Sure. And that's how Whitney is. Yeah. She she could care less about everything else. Yeah. She wants to collect them. She wants to she wants to evolve, level them up, and evolve them. Mm -hmm. Um, to just to have, you know, like she just yeah. got a um, what's the Poliwhirl evolution? I don't know. You have the Poliwag, and then the Poliwhirl, and then the I don't know angry one. I have Dizzy Water. That you cast right because you rename all of them. Yeah. So you don't know Every who I'm talking about. Well, I know who you're talking about. He's got the I squirrel. Could... Yeah. And the that's one, why he's one goes Disney like water. this. One goes like this. Yeah. That's... And when you evolve him, he does this. Have yeah. you got to evolve him? Uh, no. And the third evolution, he's like, Arr! she got that one. Okay. She got the. Arr. Arr. All right. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> um, so. Five Nights at Freddy's releases mm -hmm. can be incredibly frustrating or just strange mm -hmm. because uh, the developer is working by himself and he actually tends to put out releases earlier than he said he was going to. He does. Um, but this, uh, I think this is Sister, sister, sister Location. location. Yeah. Um, he said that, that the the story or the setting or something is, is quote, too dark for release, end quote. And... What? Because so, that's, that's like the whole thing is about a dude killing kids and stuffing them in animatronic costumes yeah. that are then haunted. Like, 
if you're looking for not dark, this is not the series for you. Did he actually mean dark as in scary, or did he mean yeah, dark? Yeah, he, okay. he meant he meant scary. Okay, that's I, that's got to be a personal thing, because he's he's distributing by himself. Yeah. Um. Because he's an independent developer and he's going and it's digital. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to go through the SRB and all that. Like, right. like he he can do so, but he does not have to get his games have his games go through that because it's digital distribution. Yeah. So this has to be a personal thing, whether he's BSing or not. It's gotta be. It's gotta be him personally saying this or that. I don't know. Could be. I don't know because like. Um... I mean, fear fear is internal, and different yeah. things are scary to different people. Like I'm, I'm not. I, I like spiders. Yeah, spiders are. Yeah, spiders are cool. They yeah. they eat mosquitoes. Mosquitoes, mosquitoes, you know, take my blood. So I I, I like the spiders. I take enemy, my I enemy take the spiders the and I put them outside. Yeah, that's what I do. And Courtney doesn't let me do that anymore. Oh. I'm I'm not. Allowed, I have to kill all the spiders. <laughs> so. Well, I part of it makes me feel like he said he said it's too scary but I don't know if that's the reason or the real reason is that whatever is in the game is is more overt when it comes to the actual lore I maybe because the lore on this series has been phenomenal I cannot recommend enough the the game theory guys uh, Matt Pat talking about the the theories on Friday yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, that is a fantastic series. Cannot recommend it enough. I'm actually going to be playing through Five Nights at Freddy's. I have them now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be playing through them, and kind of you know kind of given my my take on the series. But I cannot recommend them enough because they dive into uh, what's actually happening, kind of like the the lore and the backstory that that the game doesn't tell you, kind of like Dark yeah. Souls does. Uh, they mention things very casually, and you can piece them together. Or there will be like a, a scrawl at the bottom of the receipt, and like dates and times, and, and all these kind of things yeah. that, that the community has figured out. And that's that's one of the coolest things that that we never, because like uh, kind of the the mystery mm -hmm. of and like the schoolyard talk is something that we don't have anymore. But yeah. now we have the we. This is the next. This is the evolution, it if is. you will, yeah. of that talk is when a community comes together and figures stuff out together. And that's so. that's really exciting. That's one of my favorite things about modern gaming. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, so we got some more, uh, some Battleborn news. I know we talked about Battleborn uh, last week. Uh, don't have any more about the quasi-free-to-play but not free-to-play bit of that. But well, we... This is this is actually a bit more detail on that because um, now we know what it's going to be. Oh, it was the PvP? Okay. Right. So it's it's going to be one one type of PvP oh, okay. game that is now open. This is coming out October thirteenth, and then you'll be able to to check that out and see if if the gameplay and mechanics and all that is something that you want. And this does kind of make sense because this is not. Uh, this is not a a you can play most of it. This is a here's one mode and see if you like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that, she looks very scared. Yes, she does. I would be scared too, because like, <laughs> she has a bow and arrow and they're they're just firing magic and crap. <laughs> and missiles and, like, if I, if I was going up, I mean, you know, Green Arrow can go up against, you know, oh, bad she, guys with guns and yeah. stuff, but like, these are missiles. These are missiles. So having uh, having played, uh, I, I haven't played Battleborn yet, but having played Overwatch, um, 
it's it's kind of interesting how you you have to almost suspend disbelief when you play it because oh absolutely as you're playing it it's it's very over the top but you're you're getting you know taken out by a a guy with a an arrow yeah and he one shots you where all these explosions and shrapnel didn't yeah it's fine it's fine <laughs> don't don't even worry yeah about you're, it. you're fine you're fine um, but. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking this out now that we'll we'll get this part. Uh, one, I've, I've been meaning to Redbox this, and yeah. I haven't haven't gotten a chance to. I don't know if it's at Redbox. I, um, I haven't seen it there. Well, I, I try to keep up with with what's there yeah. just to see if there's something that that I might want to check out. Uh, the biggest one is Doom, but I, I I need like a couple of days where I know I'm gonna have time, mm -hmm. and being an adult, that hasn't happened yet because I don't have that kind of time. Well, you you've got a short window that you can do those kind of things. It's it's true. Yeah, that's rough because I can just stay up a little later. <laughs> yep, that's fine. Um, next piece of news we have is uh, Bethesda mods mm -hmm. are are announced as now they're coming to PS4 with with an asterisk. Correct. Uh, they're actually coming to uh, Skyrim first. Skyrim first, and then uh, Fallout later. Correct. Um, I did see, uh, in addition to that, Bethesda has almost, I don't know if you saw the, the, when they were talking about the uh, uh, HDR support, because Bethesda said uh, a couple weeks ago, we're, we're not going to go back and patch games. Did you see that? That was CD Projekt Red. I thought, no, Bethesda did that too. Okay, I hadn't Beth seen that. Bethesda said that, and that, but now they've said they're, they are going to patch... At least Skyrim is going to get HDR. Okay. Uh, I don't know about uh, about others. CD Projekt Red did did say that, but uh, Bethesda basically said uh, we're we're busy. We're not gonna. We're not. We've got we, other things. We've got doing. things to do. Which which I am really wishing that we would find out what it is because as as much as I love Skyrim and I love that you're going to get to play Skyrim. I am indeed. Because Skyrim is. I think it is is the pinnacle of how great an Elder Scrolls game can be. It, I wish that I think Oblivion had a better storyline, but when it came to gameplay, when it came to graphics, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, I think personally, Fallout 4 is not as good as Skyrim, and it came out what five years before Fallout 4. Yeah. So I like that 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 we're getting to do that, and I like that we got Fallout 4. Uh, I want to know what they're working on, and they won't say what they're working on. And yeah. I, I wish that I wish I'd get a little bit because they keep saying, no, we're not doing another Elder Scrolls. We're sorry, we're not working on another Elder Scrolls game right now. I think that's a lie. But yeah. I want to know one of the things they mentioned was uh, one of the things they hinted at uh, a while back was saying that they have the new game that they're working on is, is larger than any of the other it's larger than, I think they said it's like four times, four or five times the size of Fallout 4. Yeah. And I want to know what that is. They were talking about pushing the boundaries. Well, how are you pushing the boundaries? Yeah. Um, like, and I'll have to wait till next E3, basically. Well, it'll be a couple of E3s before you find out what Bethesda is doing. Well, Bethesda have their cons, their their actual. Well, yeah. They'll have to talk about something. And they they have been a lot more expansive about their other properties because like the the primary studio that works on Skyrim Fallout, mm -hmm. Skyrim Fallout, yeah. etc. Um, you know that's that's a fun deal, and I do find it amusing that we have this pattern established when they've actually only put out two Fallout games. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 one of those studios, and and I love this about them. Uh, them, they and uh, and Rockstar mm -hmm. are the biggest ones that do this. Is they just go away 
and then they come back and they're like, hey, here's this thing yep. that you've been waiting for. But Rockstar doesn't have their own conference. Bethesda, is, for two years, has had their own conference. And yeah. obviously, they're not going to ever beat uh, the 2015 conference, yeah. where they said, yeah, Fallout 4 is a thing. Here's, here's an hour of us talking about how great it is. Yeah. Uh, this year's uh, conference it was okay. Yeah, there was, was a lot of Dishonored stuff, and yeah. I know they were really trying to push that, but that's why I think next year we'll, we'll have to hear about some of this, because they're not going to have Dishonored to fall back on. They can't fill an hour with just, hey, we got more stuff on Fallout, because we're not going to have it. Yeah. So, I think we're going to have a push then. Uh, and we and more about the new, about the Quake um, the Champions or Quake whatever. And, and MOBA. Yeah. Uh, it's a MOBA, I'm guessing. The, 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 the Quake game where you yeah. where you shoot other people. Yeah, with nails and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's for kids. <laughs> so, I loved Quake. All right, so we have, we have a little section here where we're going to talk about free stuff, because yeah. we know you love free stuff, because you're a person with finite money. Um, so first off is Beyond Good and Evil mm -hmm. is free on PC, and this is part of the the Ubisoft. Hey, we love you, <laughs> and and the fact that they're doing stuff like this, like I don't I don't think it's directly related to the fact that they're that they're still fighting a hostile takeover, but like stuff like this makes me so mm -hmm. happy and like excited about about Ubisoft as a company mm -hmm. because like they're. There, there are companies that, that give you free games. Like, you don't even have to have bought anything on PC for Ubisoft. You just have to have an account. Yes. And they'll be like, hey, here's a game. You know, I, I don't think anybody's buying Beyond Good and Evil lately. So, yeah, yeah, this really is a thing. And, like, they've, they've, given to, yeah. out, they've given out this. They've given out Rayman. Mm -hmm. They've given out just really quality titles. Yeah. And I really appreciate that about yeah. them. It's. I think they want to. I think part of it's they want to get people over to their to their platform to their yeah, accounts yeah, and everything. Definitely. But giving out free games and free very highly rated games, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't hurt at all. Oh, we yeah. also got uh, Dungeon Keeper. Yes. Um, which and there, I, there are two versions of this. There's one that was released in 2013, 2014. That was uh, like it, it was like a, a basically it was a mobile game and it was. Yeah. It was janky as all anything and uh yeah this this is graphically not pretty but the actual gameplay is really astounding yeah and um i did i did get a chance to play this uh back in the day and uh i you know we we occasionally recommend um inebriated sessions mm -hmm. this game works well inebriated yeah is really really fun <laughs> you're not going to win yeah but you're gonna have fun with it because uh, it's it's all pretty and sparkly and stuff, and plus switching back and forth between the the top down and first person is, is really fun. That can be really um, disorienting when you're dis in inebriated. Uh, we also got uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon is going to get a demo. Yeah, for Which your birthday. Is, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like a it's kind of like a free thing. It's it, that's pretty close to free. Um, I don't think that Pokemon really needs to be drummed up that much more. Yeah, it's kind of a given. Uh, the interesting bit to me about this is you have this game coming out in uh, December, right? Mm -hmm. November, December. So this game's coming out, and then three months later, three and a half, four months later, uh, if we ever hear about it officially, the NX will be coming out. So it's not going to be a launch title, but the Pokemon Company has said, you know, you've, you've seen the Pokemon Company is working on a game on the NX. Yeah. So essentially, this game is going to come out, 
and then my guess is about the same time, if not late summer uh, of 2017, we're going to get a Pokemon NX game. Yeah. Which... Pokemon Snap was fun, dude. No, 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 no. I love, I absolutely love that. Don't get me wrong. What what I'm what I mean is, you're you're putting out Sun and Moon, so Sun and Moon is going to come out. And with with a Pokemon game, it's all about the community, right? So right. you 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 put out the game, all the different people play it, and you have the community aspect of that you have the meetups uh, at um, at there's some comic book shops that do it. Um, McDonald's uh, yeah. does them. I don't know if you've seen the signs for those. So you have this big community push for it. And then you're going to have the NX. Now, if the NX happens to be the mobile hybrid that we believe that it is, mm-hmm. that means that you have essentially a new Pokemon game coming out about a year after the old Pokemon game. Yeah. We haven't seen that before. So yeah. it, I'm, it, it's got to really distance itself, but you're almost going to kill that previous game with the new game. But what if... It's um, not going to kill sales. It won't kill sales. Right. But at the, at the same time, um, there's also a lot of different things that you can do. Because, like, um, when they when they did the, the last uh, Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. the, the Happy Home Havoc yeah. designer, Wreck-It Ralph. I don't remember what it was called. The, the, the home designing one. Sure. Um, like, that's that's a different kind of game. Mm-hmm. I like the idea, and this is this is not entirely original. I've, I've heard this theorized. Okay. Um, but what if... The Pokemon that you go out and play mm-hmm. is one thing, and then you come back and you you put it into the dock or whatever, and then you have a different style of gameplay. Oh sure. Whenever you're home. Sure. Um, because uh, games games initially sell at launch. Mm-hmm. That's that's when the bulk of the sales happen. Yes. And the people that have the 3ds. Oh yeah. Most of them are gonna play a Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I, and I think this game is gonna sell. You know, it, it's gonna sell. Fantastically, just like all the Pokemon games do, because you have people who haven't played their 3DS in like four or five months. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll pick it up. Whitney's the same way. Uh, she hasn't played her 3DS in probably longer than that. But the new Pokemon game is out, and because of the new because of Pokemon Go, it has that built-in. You know, you, you basically reinvigorated all these people who may or may not have played Pokemon traditional games. Yeah. Now they want to, or maybe they haven't played since you know since Gen One or Gen Two. Yeah. So. That adds to it. Now, if... Should I do this as a prediction? Eh, what the hell. Go ahead. Okay, so my prediction is that the new Pokemon game that comes out... Mm-hmm. This is twofold. There's one that's that's a given, in my opinion. And then there's shooting for the stars. So the new Pokemon game that comes out for the NX mm-hmm. will have a different style. And when you play it on your console... Right. The game will will almost be a, a next gen Pokemon Snap. It will it'll be a Pokemon Stadium kind of basically open world Pokemon game. Okay. Right? Like almost a almost an MMO. When you take it on the go, it's basically a Game Boy style uh, Pokemon game. Okay. I mean decent like uh you know uh, new like what is it leaf green kind of style graphics probably a little bit better than that because you don't have to go actually 16 bit right. um but that style top down when you take it on the go um i think that would be really cool to see and you have but, like almost the same areas you have basically the same areas but when you take it on the go you have that different structure right it's here, possible here's shooting for the stars Pokemon Sun, Pokemon Sun and Moon. All the Pokemon that you capture there 
can go into the Pokemon NX game, and they are not. You can't catch them in Pokemon NX. Right, right, right. You have to catch them on Pokemon Sun and Moon, and then, and then transfer them to your bank. You sync up an account, basically. So when you basically, so you capture all your Pokemon Sun, Moon, Hawaiian, Alo Aloha, whatever style characters, and then you bring it into that world. So if you're playing Pokemon NX, you're almost you, you're could even break the game by bringing these other type of Pokemon into it. Okay. That's my shooting for the stars. My shooting for the stars is that the NX will have a decent online system mm. where you can actually do things online and they can actually build a community <laughs> and have it not be janky as if it came out 10 years ago. They, That's my shooting for the stars. Yeah, especially for games like, you know, we have Monster Hunter and other games that are that have been coming out that have an online community. Yeah. But if you want to if you want to play these games with people, you have to essentially go onto websites or or know someone in person. Well, like and then uh, and then they also had it with uh, the the link whatever the triple cross, cross triad thing, the multiplayer where you stack links on top of each other. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, like the play. the only way to communicate in that game is is via emotes. Which may or may not work, and you kind of need to establish those. And for different people, yeah. if they haven't played together before, they might mean something different by this emote sure. than you do. And so, we're it, it sounds it sounds like I'm hating on Nintendo a lot, yeah. and and I am, but because big but because I want them to get this right. I want the NX to be the platform mm -hmm. that that brings everything together, yeah. and and brings it back to the Nintendo. I, I believe that it can be if they're willing to let go of some things and open their, their minds to new possibilities. I agree. That's what I want to see. I would like to see the robust online uh, community and, and, and ability to, to interact the way that Xbox and PlayStation are doing. Uh, Xbox is doing a fantastic job of it. PlayStation caught up. Uh, previous generation, I don't think they were near as, as good oh, as no, Xbox. No, no. I think they're really great now. Um, I think it'd be simple enough. Still goes enough. down every other Monday. <laughs> I think it'd be simple enough for um, for Nintendo to institute it and to basically, you know, toggle on and off parental controls. Yeah, well, because I mean, that's that's really the biggest reason why they didn't want to have voice chat and they and why some of their games limit how you communicate. Yeah, was specifically so you can't call people certain names or so like a eight year seven or eight year old is playing a game. You know, isn't exposed isn't to, exposed yeah. to that. Well, um, and they do have a lot of the framework laid out because, yeah. uh, like, the, my Nintendo stuff has been working really well. Um, I, I played Mitomo. I think I'm about to take it off. Um, played Mitomo. I haven't. I've like I, barely, I haven't. I haven't I touched, touched it in a while. It, yeah. um, but but like the the points that you can get there and the ability to transfer those to the my Nintendo and pull down platinum yeah. points and apply those to a three like. I feel like that the infrastructure is a heck of a lot closer than I've ever seen it for Nintendo. Yeah. And so I I believe that it can happen. I believe it can. It just depends business-wise. Will they do it? So but I think they can. All right. So uh, moving on to not Nintendo news. Uh, <laughs> we had like a 14-minute... We were talking about... You were talking earlier about how difficult it is to monologue. Yep. This dude nailed it. Um, yeah. Because it was just him in front of a camera for like 15 minutes, and he was talking about... 
what they've been working on, what they have planned, what they're going to try to do next. And it really was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, they talked about, like, if you if you go through and, and listen specifically, uh, they had two upcoming heroes. They said one of which is almost done, Sombra, and one that they're they're getting close to completion. Yeah. Um, when you have this many different characters, uh, he said it can be really difficult to to not make the to not break the metagame. Yes. To make it where uh, with with different maps, different modes, mm -hmm. you need to make sure that every character is still viable. Yes. Um, and so. Agree. Yeah, and so that that was one of the things that he talked about with the with the new heroes. Um, or not, I'm sorry, not the new heroes, the new maps. Yes. Uh, they have six maps in varying stages of development. And um, so it's, it's, it's really fun to see, but he said that uh, like there are some, there are some characters mm -hmm. that didn't work on a map and so yeah. it had to be scrapped. Yeah. Um, and they've also talked a lot about uh, Symmetra is, is they, they want her to be useful as as more than just a single use because she she does have she can be used well yeah in specific situations on specific maps at the end yes but but the that, rest of the time you you pick her and your team's like dude pick somebody why what are you why, doing what are, what you, are doing? you doing yeah and and that's that's broken and they're aware of that and so uh, as far as like uh, current heroes getting updated and everything that's gonna be that's, the first one that's yeah. gonna be kind of their focus right now. I think this is also interesting because we have. Let me rephrase. Let me uh, let me preface this by saying I mean this in a very positive way. We are five, four months, five months after launch for Overwatch. We're around five. around four or five months after launch, and we're now hearing, "Hey, we've got these new characters that we're gonna that we're working on. Hey, we've got these new maps that we're working on." And that's a lot longer than usual. And the, the reason that I, that I say that, I wanted to preface this by saying this is a positive. Blizzard worked on a game, mm -hmm. made a very good game. So, you have five months? Uh, uh, yeah, it came out May 24. So, four and a half months. Okay. So, Blizzard made a great game and continued to work and make sure it polished, make sure it was balanced. And when it came out, it was phenomenal. It, it, it's, and it it's huge. Blew up. Yeah. It's huge. And now, we're, now they're basically saying, okay, here's some other stuff that we're working on. To do that so much later tells me that behind the scenes, they were pushing for this to be a quality product from the get-go and not holding back. A lot of yeah. developers have the have the uh, tendency nowadays to go, oh man, they're gonna want DLC. Or some publishers might say, you have to give us DLC. Well, particularly with, um, with games, well, uh, MOBAs, fighters, and whatever the heck Overwatch is, like, if you if you have that big of a yeah. roster, balancing is a really really difficult thing. And so, like Street Fighter when it came out mm -hmm. was you know it, it was kind of like a, a bare bones version of the game. Yeah. Uh, Destiny when it first launched, you know different genre and undercutting my own point. But regardless, um, yeah. the the important thing for Blizzard is that whatever they release works. Yes. And. Um, you, you were talking about how long it's been since this game came out. Um, there are still new strategies. Uh, like I was, I was watching a thing the other day about how a lot of the the high level competitive teams are working with a. I'm, I'm not going to go too far into this, I promise. Um, but are working on a uh, three tank three support. Okay. Just because um, if you if you have that much mm -hmm. uh, damage absorption up front and just a little bit of support, then the damage doesn't even matter that much. 
because nobody's touching you. Yeah. And so you you remain as a full team right up front. Yeah. And that's that's how that works. That would be interesting. And that's something that's, that I've only really seen in, in competitive play maybe in the last month or so. Yeah. And it, it took them that long to figure out this strategy. Mm -hmm. And so... Well, it took, like, Rocket League took quite a while for them, for, for certain strategies to come out, for certain people to realize. When Rocket League first came out, people were trying to play, like, soccer. Yeah. You, you, you would have a goalie. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think that... I think that it, it's really great that it came out so, so well done and so healthy. And a game like this is so player-based that that that's going to drive it. And that's the reason we're still playing it five months later. Absolutely. Without constant, hey, guess what, new DLC. Hey, guess what, new DLC. Yeah. We didn't need it. And and I think that, that that's an attest, uh, sorry, uh, that's a testament to show how great Blizzard is at making a game yeah. uh, right from the get-go. Um, the uh, Diablo launch and stuff like that kind of uh, put to the side. When it comes to the actual game, once they get it, once the servers work, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. <laughs> well, the other thing is that um, Diablo three was was meant to be more of a community thing. Yeah. But um, but like the if you go in and play single player or couch co op or whatever, yeah. which I think was their primary focus. Yes. And so and they're they're learning like um, couch co op on that game is great on PS four and it's and, it's really excellent. Yeah. Uh, Surprisingly so. It really is. So if you haven't played it. Check, check that out. I, GameStop had it for like 15 bucks or 20 bucks. Yeah, it's, so. it's super cheap now. Totally grabbing. Um, on to other news, though. Uh, Jade Empire uh, was a great, great game. I didn't get to play, even though I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Bioware. Yeah. Uh, Jade Empire's coming out to iOS, though. Yeah, and this is this is the one that's that's all like melee combat and back and forth, and so it's it's really cool. Yeah. I'm tempted to pick this up. I'm wondering how it translates to iOS. Yeah. Uh, I know that graphically, what we have now for a for a mobile, you know, for something that sits in my pocket, uh, yeah. you know, it can put out the graphics. It's the reason the NX is going to be uh, so great, in my opinion, is because you can take these small uh, chipsets and actually put out some pretty intense graphics on them. Yeah. Um, but to me, I don't know if I'll get enjoyment out of that platform on a mobile device. Yeah. Um, if you do, if you do a lot of gaming on your mobile uh, mobile device as opposed to like a 3DS or a Vita, I would definitely check this out. Yeah, it's uh, it's and it's only going to be ten bucks, yeah. which is not unreasonable. And I also appreciate that they're actually charging for the game because, like, um, I mean, we talked about this last mm -hmm. last week with uh, Burley Minute C. Yeah, they believe in their product and they're they're willing to go out there and say, hey, this is a good game. Just pay us for it, and then we'll leave you alone. Yeah, that's all and, we need. Um, <laughs> also, as as far as like the melee combat and everything goes, um, Severed is an amazing touch-based combat game. Mm -hmm. And so, if they have something like that, yeah, like you're looking for enemy tells and you can block and counter and do all that kind of stuff, I, I believe that it is absolutely possible for this game to be played yeah. without buttons. Yeah, there was um, what was that game that came out? It was huge on iOS, and uh, it was. Uh, it was basically that you looked for specific tells and you swiped to attack, you swiped to dodge. Yeah, another one you talking something about. Something at Infinite Sword or something sword. Infinity Blade Gauntlet. Infinity Blade. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet. Um, I, I did. 
I think well, it that's be. where my brain goes. Of course, of course. Uh, it was I, great. Did and you ever see that in Dave and Buster's? Yeah, yeah. What the heck, people? Yeah. Now they, oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, you can play Cut the Rope at, at Dave and Buster's. You can play Flappy Bird at Dave and Buster's now. Um, we'll talk about that more in the uh, the topic for the uh, for the for the week. Uh, I didn't get to mention at the beginning of the show. The topic of the week was arcades. Yes, um, we're we're actually renaming that section. Uh -huh. It's going to be topic of the episode show. So it's totes. Totes. So we can hashtag totes. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's going to be the topic at the end. We're going to talk about arcades, some of our memories, some of our our fans' uh, memories and experiences, and yeah. like, some of the things that they enjoyed. And because like in a lot of ways. Arcades, our arcades are no longer what they once were, and it makes me sad. Yeah, so we'll talk about that more at the end of the show. Um, we did get some some interesting, I guess I guess news is what I'd say on it. Uh, basically, they're going to be going after people who are doing DDoS attacks. Well, the the heads of what is it, uh, Poodle Corp and Lizard yes. Squad were actually arrested. I didn't see they were arrested. Yes. Well, that's, good. That is the news. Because um, they've been they've been bragging about, oh, we took down this, and these these are the the people who who they believe were responsible for the uh, 2014 uh, Christmas outages yeah. on both PSN and uh, yeah it's, and it's, Xbox. Which good because basic basically what this what they were doing. Is people were paying them mm -hmm. to ruin anonymous other people that yes. they didn't even. I don't know why. Like, if, if you had a personal vendetta against somebody, okay, sure, maybe. Yeah. Like to hack their account and get them shut down or whatever. But like, just to put out a an international mm -hmm. big middle finger on Christmas Day. Yeah. No. No. That's no. Stop. The biggest day. Like I, was, I mentioned earlier on on the show, it's it's Christmas morning. You got a brand new game. Yeah, everything's down. You can't yeah. play the game. Yep. Yeah. As as no uh, way. No way. Yeah. So this this is this is happy. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited. About I'm very it. happy about that. I didn't realize they were arrested. Yes. I didn't see that part of the part of the news. Yeah. Um, earlier today we were talking about uh, split screen mm -hmm. and how much fun that is on Diablo. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> when when they initially showed For Honor. Um, they were talking about, like some of the, some of the quotes I remember seeing were like, uh, the the split screen is is essential and it's the the core piece of combat or whatever. Yeah. Apparently they're like, well, it, it maybe it was essential at you know reveal. Now it's not. Yeah. And I think I think this is also kind of another example of why you need to wait to announce your game mm -hmm. because if it if you started touting this as this is the key thing that needs to happen for our game to be good. Mm -hmm. Games change in development, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. the 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 game that they eventually come up with is going to be, you know, they're they're going to be happy with that and satisfied with it, and whatever. But like, don't don't put it forward before you even know what your game is going to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Um, this I don't think this game is going to be for me. I do plan to pick it up at some point when it goes cheap and it's on sale for whatever because it looks different than any other combat game that I've ever sure. seen. And that that's interesting. You 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 give me something that I've never seen before in a video game, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Um, to me 
I, I, I get what they're trying to do with this game, mm-hmm. but it hasn't hooked me enough to, to say, this is why you should play it. The, the idea of a Viking versus a samurai versus... I, I get it. Um... Well, like uh, they used to have a series on on Spike TV where they would have the the this type versus this type. The thing is that, um, like, I appreciate that your game needs to be balanced or else it's no fun. But uh, one of those is going to win, like eighty five percent of the time, just based on various. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and it's it's and not so the, the the historical inaccuracies is actually the biggest thing for me because I'm I'm that kind of nerd. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the Viking. Um, now, now because there's there's is based on uh, based on an aggressive and a bloodlust and and basically instilling terror in the enemies mm-hmm. and mostly they went after civilians. Yep, yep. that's <laughs> what they did. Uh, it's basically the, so. the Genghis Khan of Europe is yeah. what they what they did. Yeah, um, that's that's just how they battled. Now, you know, samurai has you know samurai and and knights have their own code and everything but uh who who do you think out of those two then uh actually watch... it's probably going to be knights because yeah. the battles that we see in there mm-hmm. are are squad based or whatever mm-hmm. and the samurai tended to be like you would have you would have your your head samurai the the lead warriors yeah. but they tended to fight alone correct and so most more of their battles were going to be one on one battles yes. and so in a in a pitched battle the knight is prepared for constant assaults from all sides, where the samurai is meant to be laser focused. Agreed. And so I think the knight's going to take it purely based on defensive capabilities. Based on defensive capabilities, and if you're having that squad based thing that you mentioned, one on one, I think would be a little more, a little more uh, interesting. Yeah. And I think it would depend on the individual at that point. Well, it also it also depends on uh, what era of knights, mm-hmm. because um, if you're if you're dealing with like the full plate versus chainmail, yeah. that's going to be a different kind of battle. Full plate, I'm going to give it to the samurai yeah. every time. Yeah, uh, chainmail is a little bit more iffy because they have a lot more maneuverability. The the helmets are a lot more open. Yeah, and so they have they have more visibility and everything because. Exactly. With with full plate, the samurai is just going to be able to to wander around and do chinks. Basically, um, like uh, like whenever whenever we see in in the Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's how it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be lumbering at that yeah. point. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. That's so yeah, uh, that's those, historical those are, battle for Twitch. <laughs> those are our historical analysis of For Honor. Yeah. Um, Every time that that I see For Honor, though, I was saying this, this this hasn't appealed to me. It's not been something that that came out that uh, that I was like, oh, this is so great. Because every time that I see it, I go, oh, that's that's not uh, that's not Neo. Because every time, <laughs> every time, because Neo is the quasi historical, except it also is yeah, but we and throw stuff. and and we and throw yokai, in yokai, there, in which it. everything I hear about that game makes me excited for it. I, same here, and I, I'm very excited about that. And every time I think the, the, the reason I think of it, I, I see For Honor. I think historical medieval warfare and and samurai, and then immediately I go, oh, this is not Neo. This is the other one. Right. And I, I don't know if there was if there was something about the For Honor um, story, or a. Or, or some reason why these all are happening? Why? Yeah. Why do we have all these all these fighting? Some, yeah. Someone mentioned because um, I'm I'm a nerd, so I was, I was going through a, a Pathfinder and D and D kind of forum, 
and your, they, your Saturday night. Yeah, basically, and going through that, and they were saying so at uh, at they, they were they were looking at that and saying you actually had um, some people uh, some active samurai up until the late 1800s. Yeah, which means you could have like a a, a 1800s tabletop game where you have a samurai and a gunslinger and I was I was like this yeah. is not something you imagine but if you give me a reason to put that all together that's yeah, that's, that's reason my ta- for my tangent you give me a reason why how and why are we having samurai in with with uh, Vikings and knights because Vikings and knights I can see a reason why that's happening yeah how the heck did samurai get there and how are they sending people that far how are, what are, what are they fighting over yeah. and yeah because this the, Based on based on the architecture that uh, that they tend to fight in, I don't know if we're going to go other places, but it, it looks like the Vikings and the knights are coming over to where the samurai are and they're fighting there, which doesn't make any sense yeah. because they would have been in fighting on the way yeah. and it's. I had to look at the trailer again to to share that. I didn't even look at the architecture. So. Oh yeah, that was. That is that is that is very not Europe. Yeah. So, so was. Was Europe trying to invade, uh, invade China? Uh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, again, give me a reason. Why is this happening? And and then maybe I'll have you know more of a, a more of a push to uh, to check it out, because like I said, Neo has the quasi historical aspect. You have very difficult gameplay. The the sword play in it. You have different stances, and it's going to yeah. be very. Uh, grounded in regards to that, and then added to that, you have yokai, and you have dragons, and you have historical figures that that are part of Japan, that that I could then research and look into. I don't have that with For Honor yet, so if you give me that, then maybe I'll look at it. Um, did you see the game? It came out like within the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think it's called like Anagami or something. It's like a Tenchu type game. Uh, I did. I did see that. Uh, I didn't get it here, so. I didn't get a, a video of it here, but okay. Um, um, yeah, Aragami is is a game that came out fairly recently, and uh, it's 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 very similar to Tenchu, and I keep meaning to check it out. Um, I know it's I know it's on Vita, mm-hmm. and so that's that's something that, that I'll, I'll check is out. Is that out already? Yeah, that's out. I don't know that. Yeah, I saw it pop up on the store the other day. Oh, that's pretty cool. So yeah, um, I'll come I'll come back to that as uh, as we're as we're talking. Um, we were also uh, there's uh, an additional. Um, I'll, I'll circle back to that, but uh, we got some news of a, a DC uh, Comics uh, RPG uh, coming out, which I think is really cool because I love DC, mm-hmm. and to to be able to bring this uh, to you know to to the RPG setting, I think will work really well. They've tried to do this with uh, MMO RPGs, uh, which in my opinion didn't work that well. Well, it's it, it also co- coincides with uh, Avengers something else that starts with an A getting shut down a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So you might have I, you might have a crossover there at that at that point. Yeah. Um. So as much as I like DC, uh, I I haven't seen like enough of a push for for me to 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 play this. I know yeah. there are we hardcore DC people to play that play it or whatever. And this is this is a mobile game, right? Yes. Yeah. So you have that group of people that would that play those as well. Uh, I don't fall into the camp. Uh, as 
So it's gonna take, even though it is DC, even though I love I love DC, you're really gonna need to, to show me something great to get me to, to play this on a mobile game. This is kind of isn't for me, even though it's for me. So one of the, one of the things that that's really weird about this title in particular mm -hmm. is like if you if you're watching the trailer or if you're if you're on uh, the audio version, go check that out. Yeah. But uh, one of my issues with it is that I can't figure out which version of the character it is because it's like a they look like generic versions yeah. and a mashup of here's here's kind of this character so yeah. like superman has had so many different different forms and 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 uh, versions yeah. throughout the year same with batman and wonder woman mm -hmm. and like uh, those three in particular have yeah. changed dramatically and these look like Honestly, they look like uh, knockoff action figures. That's exactly what I, what I was thinking. They and, don't. And if you're if you're not willing to, if you're not willing to put the time into the art for it, it makes me doubtful that you're willing to put the time in for other things. Yes. Yeah. So, that that could be another thing that might sub, might be subconsciously pushing you away. Yeah. Because you're like that's. This, I, I don't this know looks what. Cheap. Yeah. It really looks cheap. Um, speaking of that, since we're on the the DC um, topic. Yes. Let's. So Aquaman, yes, freaking awesome. In in the new Fifty Two, if you guys haven't read, Aquaman is really cool in that. But Aquaman, when it comes to the cinematic universe, mm -hmm. I think is is going to be huge. It's going to be impactful. Uh, it's Jason Momoa. It's Jason Momoa. It makes me wonder if they're going to reboot the um, if they're going to reboot the uh, comic book and have that version of Jason uh, that version of Aquaman as Jason Momoa because they did that with. Uh, the comics. Nick Fury mm -hmm. is now Sam Jackson. Yeah. So well, you, have, you have that you option. You have a classic Nick you? Fury. There is a classic yeah, Nick yeah. Fury and everything, but I'm I'm guessing they're gonna wait to see if he's if he's huge, if he's as big as uh, when it comes to fans, if it's in, as impactful as they expect it to be. I think they'll change. To me, if I'll... I would, if I was DC, I would be basically like. I would basically grab a team of writers and say, "Hey, we're, as soon as Justice League comes out, this is what we're gonna do." Uh, and if I don't know if I wanted this prediction, but uh, Aquaman dies in the DC comics, and then you have new Aquaman coming from another one of the Earth, one of the another universe or whatever. Right. Um, could be a way to do it, uh, or you know, there's there's. There, there's this isn't the real. This isn't the real Aquaman. This right, is the real Aquaman. Right. There's different ways they could do it, but um, to me, if I was DC, I would basic. I would be getting ready to have that swap, one way or another. Yeah. Um, fans are smart enough to understand that they're doing it and why they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're probably going to wait to see how the reaction is for the for most of the people when it comes to Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Yeah. To me, I think the majority of people are completely on board on this. Yeah. And continuing in the DC vein, um, Arrow and Flash have started back up. Uh, Supergirl's starting Monday, I think. Um, and so I'm I'm back on TV <laughs> because I, I I watch I watch Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. I watch I, I say watch I listen mm -hmm. to the DC shows. Yeah, and then um, that's pretty much it. And um, Netflix shows. Well, yeah, but that's different. Yeah. That's, it's not TV. It's Netflix. I did. It is. I, I did watch the first two episodes of Supergirl, um, and I want to. I I, I want to watch it. I want to watch more of it because I can tell there is there is heart there. Yeah. It's not. It's not amazing. Um, 
but there's but there's so much heart there and I do love how many female characters there are that are very different. They're, they're multidimensional. They're they're fleshed out characters. Yeah. And I really I'm I'm really happy about seeing that. Um, but it's it's not been as great as I'd hoped it would be. It's it's also very much like um, like some of some of the drama that they deal with in the in Supergirl's mm -hmm. first season at least is is kind of a kind of a high school drama like thing and that's that's not for me yeah and that's okay because yeah, like is. Uh, there is there is more than enough comic book material to go around and these stories yes. can be told so many different ways it's also really fun because uh for the entire first season they will only tease superman like you'll see him in the corner or he'll like reach down with a you know a halo and that that's not symbolic at all no and you know just stuff like that and it's it's fun to watch that and watch because it would be really easy uh, and lazy mm -hmm. from a writing perspective to to latch her onto Superman, but yeah. Super Superman um, Superman is is an ancillary character. Mm -hmm. Most of most of Superman's actual appearances mm -hmm. in the show come via text message. Like they'll sit there and chat back and forth, yeah. and she'll be like. I'm I'm dealing with this. How how did you deal with this? Or or I'm having I'm having difficulty with these different things. Um, like Kara's reasoning mm -hmm. tends to be like way off, and and that's that's okay because she's not like uh, Superman has gone has gone all over the spectrum on IQ. Like you, they've had him as this ultimate mastermind, and they've had him as this dumb hick. Yeah, and it's it's been all throughout there. Um, Supergirl is not meant to be a super intelligent character. She's she's meant to be going through a lot of the hormonal things because, um, and also because of her development. Sure. Because she didn't she didn't come here as a baby. Yeah. So she she knows what it's like to be Kryptonian. Yeah, she and so there's like there's even more of the fish out of water because Clark spends his first you know decade and a half figuring out how to handle this before he really starts to explore his powers. Yeah. Anyway, this, this is about video games. We'll get back to that. Um, so, Origami did actually come out on PS4 uh, October 4th, and I hadn't heard about this, but they... I hadn't heard about it at all. They, they I did have, get a trailer, though. They have a release date um, planned. Like, they don't have one announced, but they have a release date planned for Xbox One, which is okay. exciting. And, and yeah. So yeah, you, I didn't realize this was out on PS4. Yeah. So because it, this looks great. I loved Tenchu. Uh, Tanner and I were actually talking about this on, uh, on, on Facebook, because he, he posted this... And I, I loved Tenchu. This to me, it's it's almost Tenchu. It's Tenchu and Dishonored. Yeah. Looks like to me because yeah. Tenchu, you you only had purely like grounded powers or whatever, and this is Tenchu plus magic. Yes, yes. And that's um, exciting because uh, stealth and like uh, like sneaky games. Yeah. I love those when they're done well. Mm -hmm. um, I like the art style. Like it's it's pseudo cell shaded. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's not I think full it's, on. Yeah, I think it's pretty. I I don't see it in this uh, in this trailer. But one thing that I really loved uh, in Tenchu, uh, which obviously this is not Tenchu, but one thing that I really liked in Tenchu was uh, getting up on the rooftops. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's where you hang out. That's that was just so cool. So in this, I think because you have the ma the added magic element, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to do that because, yeah. um, and, and you know. The, the sneaking seems to be a lot more forgiving on yeah. this. Tenchu well, is um, a little harder. The the 
Aragami, I don't, I don't know if Aragami's the, the lead character, just the name of the game or what, but um, he he controls the shadows. Okay. So, I mean, that that, that makes stealth a lot easier. <laughs> yes, so, it yeah. does. All right, so uh, back to the back to the actual news that we have before we went on that tangent about DC and um, all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. Um, Sparkade is is an app for iOS and Android mm-hmm. that um, allows you to to play these games, play a bunch of classic games for free, mm-hmm. and uh, you can actually kind of bet on on how well you'll do and play, you know, competitively. Which, okay, that's cool. Um, <laughs> the thing for me though is like. Can I do practice? Because it says play for free, yeah. which I think means you can just play these games for free on your mobile. Like That's I what it sounds like. I haven't checked this out, but yeah. And so if you if you can win, like I want, you're gonna I have want, to put up money. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. That's, but but if you can if you can play practice rounds for free, then you can grab six free games. Yes. Because it it does say in the trailer, you know, play for free or bet. And I want I want Courtney to be on there, playing on Tetris, and getting me lots of money. So, <laughs> hey, Court, because uh, she's she's really good at Tetris. Tetris is, is a great game. I was thinking of the whole the whole Scrabble thing because right now uh, I don't think that the Scrabble bit will be as as great as Words with Friends is when it comes to mobile, because okay. Words with Friends is Scrabble. Yeah, and. The built-in player base and built-in sync to, to Facebook and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. But I, I just like that you play Pac-Man. Yeah. That's really cool. It's, uh, it's like regular Pac-Man. Pac-Man. It's not Miss Pac-Man. But, right. but that's Miss, okay. Pac- Miss Pac-Man's a better um, game. Also, this game is all, is uh, the, the developer, the lead designer for this, mm-hmm. is actually the guy who initially designed XBLA, Ooh. which was awesome. I, I forget his name, but yeah. No, that's really so cool. So that, that, that was exciting. That's really cool. So, uh, Mafia 3 is coming out. It came out last week. It came out last week? Yes. What? I meant to pre-order that. Yep. Okay, so Mafia 3 is out. A little bit late for that. I'm, I'm, but you can, you can still get the Amazon discount. I can get the Amazon discount, which is great. Um, so, Mafia 3 came out, and there was a little bit of uh, racist statements, and uh, I didn't see the descri- is a description. Is that what it was? No, no, no. Okay, so this game deals with you You are a black character. Yes. In the nineteen in the late nineteen sixties, come back from Vietnam and everything, and um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and read the the entire message. But before you even start the game, this is the message that pops up. So it says, "Quote: Mafia Three takes place in a fictionalized version of the American South in nineteen sixty eight." We sought to create an authentic and immersive experience that captures this very turbulent time and place, including depictions of racism. We find the racist beliefs, language, and behaviors of some characters in the game abhorrent, but believe it is vital to include those depictions in order to tell Lincoln Clay's story. More importantly, we felt that to not include this very real and shameful part of our past would have been offensive to the millions who face, and still face, bigotry, discrimination, prejudice, and racism in all states. I applaud them I, for this. I really do. Um, I, I I knew that this was part of the game. Yeah. I didn't realize that they had had that um, had that statement on there, because this is something we're still going through, and I think that not not to get on a soapbox, but um, this this is right at the civil rights era, the civil rights movement, yep. right after that, 
you you don't just pass a law and then everybody's mind changes and everybody's yeah. opinions changes. Bigotry still still lived. Bigotry yeah. was still taught. You still have areas and schools right now that are that are um, segregated. You have people who are treated differently still to this day. And people, you know... And this is right at the very heart of that, when it, it, it there was really so much pushback. Because, like, apparently there are some neighborhoods that if, you, if you're if you just walking through them, mm -hmm. then a, a person uh, who lives there might cross the street and see if they can borrow a phone to call the cops on you for walking through a neighborhood. And so they, they wanted to be... Hangar 13, the developer, wanted to be right out in front of that and say, look... Yes, this is offensive. Yes. Yes, that's okay. And that you're you're not meant you're not supposed to be comfortable yeah. with this and we are not we are not, you know, approving of in any way the things that happened, but it would be a disservice because like um, there there are there have been several times when uh, when school documents and history books have attempted to take out portions of, of our history yeah. in order to to sanitize it. For consumption by whatever age it is that is a disservice and it it allows people to creep back to that time and you have those to, who do not learn from history and if you don't learn the history yeah you have to learn and you you have to learn from history you have to understand it you have to respect it you have to realize that what happened wasn't that long ago and it can happen very, very quickly at any time. And I think that I, I'm glad that they included it because I think it would have been a disservice, and I think it would have been I think it would have been more offensive to not include it. Uh, you, you have this character who who's African American who is going through this, and uh, I'm sure that they deal with this in, in the game. There were a lot of uh, of people who came back from the war. These white people who came back from the war. And you came back to people who were anti-war when yeah. they just went through a war. So going through that involuntarily, and then involuntarily they come back not, and not being people not being thankful, even though you were out there fighting for your country, which really Vietnam wasn't fighting for our country. But the the idea when you are in the service, you know, there's there's a big push for you know you are you are you are doing a service for your country. You are servicemen or service woman for the country and to come back and not and for everyone to not be thankful yeah and then to do that as an african-american well and to to deal with a lot of the things like um you know they would come back and they'd be called baby killers yep okay well if they went through that and they're a decent person they're already struggling with that yes and so um you and i had both been very interested in this game mm -hmm. uh even before yeah. this came out but um, the amount of respect that I have for the developers uh, for, for doing this and doing it to an extent that they felt the need and, and the, the push to come out and, and say this is a very forward-thinking and, yeah. and honestly a courageous way to do this. It really is. It, it separates it from Grand Theft Auto, which I know the comparisons will keep going and going uh, about it. Yeah. Uh, but it separates it because Grand Theft Auto, um, Grand Theft Auto has... Um, racism in it and it uses racism it uses stereotypes and it uses language to almost create a a, a caricature of yeah. a specific set well, and it's then, meant, and to, then, it's and meant to be parody yeah. it's a parody and it's a joke and i think that um 
you know, you, we could we could go on for hours talking about whether that's right or wrong, but it is parody. It is a joke. Yeah. And, and you have Mafia Three coming out and saying, "Okay, we're gonna sh- we're gonna have you as this character, and you're gonna have to experience this." Now, I don't know story wise if there's there's bits of the story. This is talking about the interaction. I'm assuming bits of the story as well have this type of, yeah, of pressure and racism, and and having that. I think uh, I think is uh, is respectful to history and to show what people went through just 40 years ago. Yeah, and one of the things that that is is fun for me. I mean, straight white guy. I'm sure. going through life on easy, um, and and it's it's really helpful for me to be able to to identify with characters in that way. Yeah. Um, on a on a side note of that, um, if you haven't watched Luke Cage. Yes. Watch that. Uh, I finished it last week, and it's is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, brought me to tears a couple of times, yeah. and and it, it deals with it deals with uh, inner city Harlem, and um, there's not a lot of white people in it. Yeah. And I actually like saw that there was like a Twitter complaint on there, and so we responded to that on Twitter. <laughs> and one of the really cool things is like. Um, is I got to find out about a lot of actual historical characters who are Luke Cage's heroes that I had literally never heard of before. Okay. And so that was that was really exciting yeah. to to yeah. find out about and research those people who were actual people who who lived through uh, difficult things and yeah. rose to the top of it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, those are those are really expensive mm-hmm. things, and and I'm always looking to to expand my mind and find yeah. find a way to to view things outside of my own personal perspective. And I think Mafia 3 is next on my list to do that. I saw a great thing actually on, on, speaking of uh, Twitter and and tweets about that, Uh, someone that I know, you know, saying, "Oh, you're you're upset about white people not being in not being uh, in this show." Uh, you know, welcome to feeling like every single minority ever. Yeah. Because tra- that's the majority of, of television. Um, Except for, and again, I could go on a, a whole tirade about this as well. Uh, the majority of television has been has been pushed by white men, has been written by white men. Uh, you then got certain ones that were just okayed by white men, even though it was about a white woman. You'd have ones that were okayed because a white man said, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's fine." And you had yeah. certain barriers that were pushed over and over and over again, where um, you know having uh, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. As a married couple, it was like I don't. This is I don't know if that's right. Which is mind blowing. It really is. It is. And then you had you had other shows that, that pushed it further. TV. It, then you have the Uhura Kirk kiss. That's exactly what I was so what hot. I was going to mention. It was. And you have you have all of these these milestones in TV. Now we're at a point, and and I consider Netflix, uh, net the the way that we consume media nowadays. Uh, I don't differentiate regular TV versus Netflix versus. I do. I watch Netflix. Well, I, I do. <laughs> so the re- well, the, the reason I say that is because if Netflix is doing something, I could see another show, another uh, uh, another network trying to catch on and doing this. But the fact that you have Luke Cage, who is not on, uh, who, who's on Netflix, you have it, and they didn't come out at all saying this is a black superhero. Right. They didn't do that. They, it wasn't like it, they, they they purposely said this is this is a superhero. He's in Harlem. Here is his surroundings. You don't have to put that. You don't have to push that and say that that's what this is. Um, you know, 
to me, I think that it's great that we have uh, the ability to have all these characters there. And that's the reason people complain about BET. That's the reason BET came into being, because people were irritated saying, you either have white, rich men coming up with these TV series and these, and these TV shows and the programming and the news, and no one's talking about it, or you have a white man or, or uh, deciding, oh, let's let's greenlight this show about black people or greenlight this show about Hispanic people, and that's why BET came into into being because it wasn't saying it wasn't trying to be racist. It was saying, how do we talk uh, to people uh, as African Americans in our situation and and be a voice in that. And I think that uh, we're not near where we need to be with this, uh, but we're we're getting so much closer when it comes when you have shows that come out and you have this type of diversity in it, and when you have a show that is primarily uh, pretty much only uh, minorities and you don't have white people, um, I think that shows that this is a part of society. This is what happens. Not everywhere you go has white people, yeah. and and I think that people that were offended by that. Uh, cracks me up because yeah. because white should not be in America white should not be the default yeah um, um, there's also an article on Nerdist uh, last week that I pulled up I'll try to link it out this week um, but it said that, that Luke Cage is the hero we need in America right now yeah. <laughs> it's a black guy in a hoodie who's bulletproof <laughs> and I'll, I'll add to that and the only people that shoot at the black guy yeah. in the hoodie yeah. are bad guys yeah so because um, like uh when, when they were actually like filming and writing and ma- making this was a lot closer to the Trayvon Martin yeah. thing but we've moved to the next level and so yeah. it, it's it's still something that, that goes on in society um, that's the reason that there's there's you know the Black Lives Matter and everything is, is a thing because this is ha- still happening in society and it shouldn't yeah and and it's something that um, that more and more it, it it has to be brought to light and we have to actually yeah. talk about it Um because uh, it, it in the, in the '90s when you and I were, were growing up, yeah. one of the big things that that I was taught, and you can you can tell me sure. if you were taught differently, but like the thing that I was taught was that we were supposed to not notice race, and that was what we were aiming for. Mm-hmm. And so, if you can be like uh, Stephen Colbert's mm-hmm. joke character back when he was doing, it, he was like, I, I, I yeah. don't I don't know, I can't see race. Yeah, people tell me I'm white. Yeah, and so and we were taught that that was what we were supposed yeah. to do. That was what we were supposed to aim for. That doesn't work because that allows people to to tell themselves, well, I'm not making this decision because this person is a different ethnicity than yeah. me. I'm just making this decision for, you know, X reason. Yeah, and when really you're burying a a, a there they could easily bury a real reason subconsciously that they're that they're defaulting to a specific yeah. uh, word that's used for instance thug for the past year year and a half has been yeah. used to and and uh, you have the same thing when it comes to to Muslims uh, and immediately labeling people actually anybody who's who's brown that's not Latino uh, immediately labeling them as a possible terrorist and yeah. you, you have a lot of this and I think I think that's right I think that um, I think that race, uh, that you shouldn't judge, obviously you shouldn't judge someone by, based on their race, but uh, I was taught that um, that race, that race, almost that you shouldn't, that it should be transparent. Um, 
but the more that I got, more that I was taught about it, um, my parents were were very more, especially my dad, but uh, were very much respectful about saying um, this is this culture, and and to say that's important for that culture. Yeah. Um, my mom, I think pushed very much so to say well you shouldn't notice it it doesn't matter if the person's black or if they're gay or if they're you know if they're asian it doesn't matter um my dad uh did that but he it was it was very respectful about you know someone's specific culture about the way someone uh talked or someone's religion or where they where they came from uh was very important i think that that's in my opinion is more important than just not noticing it because then you understand how where where they're coming from yeah. how they're different and understanding that dif that differences are okay as long as we understand that we're all treating we're treating everyone equal and that also includes making sure that everyone gets an equal opportunity yeah and there there are entire like there are languages and cultures mm -hmm. that have been lost yeah through through integration you know borg style yeah and that's sad because there there are a lot of really amazing traditions that um that whether I'm a part of or not, I can I can watch, and and be fascinated by yeah. what it meant. And it's uh, in particularly in cultures that have uh, that have less of an emphasis on written history, mm -hmm. uh, but where they have oral tradition or traditional dances, um, it allows us to look into the past in a way we're we're really not able to. Even even with the written word, mm -hmm. um, you know, I can read about story I can read about the way that life was at a certain time um, but to to be able to see a traditional uh, festival or mm -hmm. a traditional dance or yeah. a traditional feast mm -hmm. the way that they treat each other is is really eye-opening yeah for me and really really important and as more uh as we go into this kind of this this global uh, mentality with the internet and everything, there is a big push for a lot of stuff to go very Western, mm -hmm. um, which which I've noticed working with with people in different countries. There is this big push for that, um, and I'll end this with a very very quick uh, quick story. Uh, I was um, I was watching a documentary and they were talking about uh, the Shaolin monks, the Shaolin monasteries, mm -hmm. and uh, because of British occupation and all of this after British occupation. Um, you, all of the the children and even the adults were trying to be more Western, so you had less and less and less people who were part of the these monasteries, this very yeah. rich tradition. Uh, and you had there were some of these uh, uh, masters that were talking about, you know, how when they were when they were growing up, there were you know twelve to thirty people in in a monastery, and that was it. And there used to be hundreds, uh, and then uh, and then Jackie Chan came along. <laughs> And that actually pushed people to go, oh, this is this is part of our history. Really? This part, yeah. And then they had a resurgence because of because of Jackie Chan. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was every single person they were interviewing was saying, I want to be like Jackie Chan. And some of them were, you know, saying like, you know, they like Jet Li and everything. But there was a big push, and and one of the people that they were interviewing was, you know, he's in his forties. Uh, and that was why he got into why he became a, a Shaolin monk, which uh, is more multifaceted. I just imagine he's just stuck at the temple the whole time. He's not, but uh, yeah. but that's the reason that he went into Shaolin was because he saw uh, like Operation Condor and all these other movies, and he said this is a part of our, our history. And he had been pushed uh, through society to be more like a European. 
right. and realizing, wow, this is something that's part of me and part of my culture. And then he got into it. So it's yeah. it's it's interesting that uh, like you were talking about this this. I, I hate to use the word, but it's this whitewashing of of societies. And it, to me, it's not just that it's white. It's specifically saying you are integrating into this society. You need to become like this. And especially as a child, you're pushed to say, "Oh, I, this is different. I don't want to be different and awkward." Yeah. I'll be more like this. Uh, it's very common for for kids if you come in from another country, for them to lose an accent because of that when they're young, because it's weird and they start talking like that and then all of a sudden lose their accent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my last little bit on it, um, the talking about not noticing mm -hmm. cultures. Um, one of the one of the standards that was held up in front of me was was Star Trek. Because in Star Trek, they have all these different races intermixed, you know, from the original series sure. to, to sure. later on Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and so on. Um, and they they are taught in a large way not mm -hmm. to notice. I I hope and believe that someday we can reach that point where we just appreciate different cultures. Yes. But we are nowhere near that yet. No. We are still far too close to, and there is still much too real of a possibility. Yeah that this can happen again. And oh, yeah. it, is, it is absolutely something that can happen again, and that's why we have to guard against it. Very, very easily. Anytime you have you have overt stereotypes uh, that are thrown around, not to get political, but when I hear some of the things that are, that are being said and realize how, yeah. you know... How close to the surface it was. It's so close to the surface for some of these people that are, that are um, and I, I'll just say it, Donald Trump grew up in an America where, you know, where African Americans, minorities, women were treated differently. Uh, if you looked into his history, he went into, into military college, yep. uh, he went to military military school and was basically told, you're supposed to be macho, you should be like Hugh Hefner, screw, screw the, the minorities, and literally screw the women. He was taught that from a long, young age and taught you either a winner or a loser. And from a young age, he grew up where black men being lynched was still happening all the time yeah. and when he talks about like someone you know someone not being not being like him and to, to get him out of here and, and, and to judge people immediately based on what they look like um, that shows how recent this is because he is 70 years old he was he was 20 when the civil rights when civil rights was going on so he grew up when it was just a normal thing Yep. So, anyways, enough of a tirade. We could. So, speaking of minorities, <laughs> Miguel is coming from Tekken Six to Tekken Seven. We're we're gonna have that as a breakout because that was that was a good long topic. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, uh, Miguel was in was first introduced in Tekken Six, um, and he's coming. He's he's uh, like a, a Spanish matador, very charming fellow. Looks like. Yeah. And obviously, you know, tragedy and such. Of which, course. Why else would you fight? Of course. Um, he looks pretty cool, but this brings. Uh, I think they're very close to finished on the on the roster for Tekken Seven, um, and so uh, now yeah. So now it's up to thirty three, mm -hmm. and that's fun. I'm really hoping that they take those the the visual waves off of it. That's something that they kind of took from uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, but it's it's kind of distracting. I was to say that's distracting, but you know what's even more distracting is these guys' costumes are so similar in color that I thought he was fighting himself. Nope, that's Jin. I, I realized that only because of the hair. 
Yep. Because once he stopped moving, I'm like, oh, okay, that's not. Because they're both wearing red on their on their jacket. Yep. They both have uh, so. Uh, yeah, that's just a little too much. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool character. I like his I like his style. I like the uh, the difference. Obviously, yeah, you have tragedy and everything, but yeah, yeah. the the shocks are are a little. Um, you are they're... about to loose, <laughs> as in the subtitles. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, I think this this segues really well into the uh, the topic of the show. Totes. Indeed. Hashtag totes. So uh, so the topic of the show was was the arcade. Show. Topic of the episode show. Yeah, you need the e. Otherwise, it would just be tots. That's true. Top, We're not talking top, about tots. Topic of the episode show. So the topic of the episode show uh, today uh, is arcade memories and yeah. and arcades in general. Um, you can go ahead and introduce it, and I'll uh, yeah. pull up some of the comments we got. So arcades obviously were, were a huge thing um, in the, the 70s and 80s where you didn't have a very good game console for your house. Uh, arcades became a, 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 a place, a gathering place where people would come and, uh, and play games like, you know, uh, Galaga and Centipede and all that. But to me, I think that, uh, and, and part of this is because of my age, but I think that Arcades hit the sweet spot in the early to mid 90s, late 90s as well. Uh, you had arcade games that there was no way a home console could do, uh, and you had games that were coming out. Um, Mortal Kombat, yeah, was out on uh, on uh, home consoles, but Mortal Kombat, uh, Virtua Fighter, uh, games like Lucky and Wild. If you ever got to play that game, where you're you're driving, the the idea was you were you are these two buddy cops, and one person drives and shoots, and the other person shoots. The way that we played it was that one person just drives, and the other person has two two Uzis and shoots. Nice. Um, but arcades were a really cool thing for for young kids to to go to uh, and play games that they couldn't play elsewhere. You you know, for 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 a quarter or two quarters, if it was a really great game, you could go and you could play a game that there w that you could not play at home. You could not play anywhere else. And you know, you we're, we're talking about these, you know, five hundred dollar, thousand dollar, whatever cabinets. I, I don't know exactly how much they were at the time, but obviously way more than a home console. And you only ha you only got to play one game. So it was a really cool gathering spot for you to co go to as a kid, but also a really cool thing to do as a gamer. Um, now, in America, we don't have these uh, as uh, as prominent as they used to be. Most of them have been shut down because you can play a PS4 or you can play on your on your cell phone, and you can play a lot of games that are just as good, if not better, than some of the games that are in, in a uh, in an arcade. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, in in Japan, in um, uh, in the Philippines, and other countries, arcades are still a huge thing. Uh, I was talking to one of my coworkers who who lives in the Philippines, and they have a Tekken tournament coming out. It's going to be this yeah. Tekken, which she's really irritated about because basically that means you have to get and practice the new game that comes out. Meaning, yep. there's no way to practice it now. And the winner of the tournament for the region goes on to the country, goes on to international. The, there's an international Tekken tournament, and yeah. if you, you, get to, you get to fly to Japan. Uh, if you're the winner, you you fly to Japan where they're having the international contest. This is a big thing, you know. And you have you have prizes. Uh, the second place, first place prize is being flown to Japan for the for that. All expenses paid. Uh, second prize is is a PS4, uh, which for uh, for Philippines that's that's a very big deal. Yeah. Um, so 
I think that the, the culture has, has gone away from it. Now we have places like the Free Play Arcade. And the Free Play Arcade, um, it's basically a bar where they have all these great games uh, in it. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned and some... You, you, pay, you pay $10 off the top and all of the machines are set up yep. free, which is awesome. There's, yeah. there's one in uh, Richardson now and they're opening up a new one in Arlington. Exactly. Which yeah. is... And I mentioned some of my favorites. Uh, you know, Virtua Fighter was... That was the first time I, I played... I played Pit Fighter and Mortal Kombat, but Virtua Fighter, seeing that 3D aspect was was intense. Um, playing games like the the X-Men, the X-Men arcade game, it, being able to play games at that time, being able to play with four people, yeah, or sometimes well, six and, people. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, yeah. in the arcade was, was really outstanding. Oh, and yeah. uh, Mac the Knife, where you had the little baby in the mech. That game was cool. Yeah, and this is actually the first time, um, first time I ever got ex uh, any experience with virtual reality was in an arcade because mm -hmm. there there was no way that that you could afford that yeah. as an individual in a house. This virtual reality has been something they've been pushing trying trying since the 80s. Uh, but I remember a, a boxing game playing a boxing game on virtual reality in the mid 90s, and I was like eight, nine or ten years old maybe. And it was it was not very good. It was disorienting. Yeah. And but the fact that you were playing virtual reality, you put on a headset and you went into this like area so that way you weren't like punching and right. hitting other people. Uh, but even though the graphics were horrible, the fact that you could do it was 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 amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we get some comments on the on we this do stuff. Uh, <laughs> Turtles in Time. Yeah. Uh, Alex mentioned Turtles in Time, and then he said, uh, as was that game we played together at my bachelor party. This is. Uh, I encourage you if if you're doing a bachelor party, find an arcade. Yeah, preferably one with alcohol. Yes, because that is a lot of fun. free play arcade. Yes, do it. Um, but yeah, we we were playing a, a zombie game where you have like uh, it'll actually measure your pulse. Oh yes, and uh, and so you're you're trying not to jump at the jump scares and like it'll it'll blow air in your face and like it's it's I, I don't remember the name of it, yeah. but like the 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 entire setup is like I think. I think I looked it up and it was like eight or ten thousand dollars to buy the thing, yeah. and I was like, eh, "That was fun." That like we, we we sat we sat because we had we had unlimited play that day, mm -hmm. and so we sat and played it for like half an hour and just yeah. going through all these all yeah. these different stages and stuff. Um, and then uh, Alex also mentioned uh, Alex Kern, mm -hmm. different Alex. We have multiple Alex's. multiple Alexes. Uh, he said Metal Slug, and that's one. I don't know why, but it's more fun in the arcade. Yeah, metal. Like because yeah. I I got that for for Vita, and then I played it a little bit on the PS3, and it's just not the same. Yeah. Like uh, for whatever reason, it's so much more fun <laughs> when it's arcade. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other one, uh, genre I guess that for me is really entertaining, is when you have the the space shooters mm -hmm. where you're the vertical scrolling. I, I like playing those sure. at my house or whatever. I like, uh, but for like in home, I want to play like an R type or something where I'm scrolling sideways. Yeah. But the the vertical scrolling uh, bullet hell, for lack of, I mean that's that's just what they are. Yeah. Um, are are for me a lot more fun in an yeah. arcade. Yeah, I think they are. Um, one thing that uh, that we were talking about games for home versus an arcade. Uh, one of the recent uh, pushes that that I've I've hated uh, going to Dave and Buster's is the last uh, now back back like I mentioned the, the mid 90s you had 
uh, arcades, you had uh, putt-putt in different places that had these, and you would have basically two two different, you had you either have a game that gave you tickets, mm-hmm. or you had a really good arcade game. And the right. games that gave you One tickets of the two. were usually crap yeah. to play. That was cool to get tickets as you were a kid, but the games that, uh, the, the games didn't give you tickets were usually really, really great games. Uh, the last time I was at Dave & Buster's, you had uh, a ton of games that gave you tickets. You had a ton of games that were ports of cell phone games. Yeah. That, and then a I, very small subset of like racing games or arcade games. But the fact that they had Cut the Rope, Flappy Bird, um, what else? Uh, Temple Run. There's a Temple Run in an arcade. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've seen that one that we were trying to come up with earlier that's not Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. That one's there. Um the uh, what's the other one? Uh, the one that I was playing, Candy Crush, that mm-hmm. I played for a little bit, and the the Fruit Ninja. The Fruit Ninja. The fact that these are there and they're charging you, and it's it's because it's Dave and Buster, so they charge you credits instead of the actual money. Right. Um, and they they do the math weird, so you can't actually figure out how much. Yeah. You're so really, you're spending like seventy five cent per play or so, something around that. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm pl- I'm play- spending sixty seventy cents per play on a game that's free. I, These are free games. Yeah, I mean, and I don't. I if 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 you if you are watching this and you have you have paid to play those, um, not in a in an intimidating way. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, I just want to understand. I I did so I did this recently, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this as a topic of the show. Um, I went to a um, to a conference, or Whitney went to a to a conference for work. Okay. I went with her. They were at a Dave and Buster's, and I was like, "Eh, this is something I'll do as part of my day of, of doing nothing, essentially." Yeah. I'll stop by Dave and Buster's, have have lunch with her, and uh, and I'll play some games while you know to kind of kill some time. Yeah. And plus, it's Dave and Buster's, and I specifically played a few of these games to to go, okay, well, how is this different? And it was right. it was basically I was basically doing it as research. Yeah. Um, and. There, that's how I ended up getting hooked on Candy Crush for a little bit, and it, and it, the reason that I did it was because I was like, okay, this is actually a good game, but I could go home. I, I literally went as soon as I got on Wi-Fi, I downloaded it, and I played it a little bit, yeah, because I didn't want to spend any more money. <laughs> right. You can spend money on Candy Crush for microtransactions, but why for the regular game? Why am I spending money? Temple uh, Temple Run was on there. Um, Fruit Ninja. They didn't call. They didn't call Flappy Bird. It was something else because Flappy Bird's. Obviously taken down because right. of all the call the um, lawsuits. It, it it is really ironic that they had to do a Flappy Bird knockoff. Yes, yeah, it is. That if, is. if if you ever have difficulty with with irony and you want to check and yeah. make sure something's ironic, that is that, your litmus test. It is. Uh, now and then I brought uh, I brought my nephew to uh, to Dave and Buster's to you know to hang out with him, um, and now I want to find out. Uh, I don't know if Free Play Arcade lets in kids. Um, because there's so many um, there's so many arcade games that that you know he's you know he will see a game and he's like oh that's kind of cool and they'll see tickets he's he's really liking the whole ticket aspect of it yeah. and and now and I was never like that as a kid I was never a big push of that because mm-hmm. I because I'm I mathematically figured out wait okay I'm spending twenty dollars uh, yep. on games and I'm getting this thing and uh, I I've not done this but I really wanted to say. If you wanted, if you really wanted that, I'll just buy you that, and we can play yeah. some play some cool games instead. Right. I, I will spend 
four dollars four dollars on the at, thing you know cvs or something some, and i can get you a little sword some candy and a sword or whatever I'll, we can do that but let's play some really cool games because yeah. there were some really cool games that that uh he didn't want to spend his money on because he wanted more tickets right more because credits. there's no tickets for this one yeah um air hockey is also one of my favorite things to play at arcades. I like air hockey a and lot. Air hockey, air hockey falls into that category where it's it's neither it's neither one of those things. You don't get tickets. There are no graphics, but air hockey is really cool. Yeah, and like that's one of those things that I don't I don't necessarily want to like. I don't really want an air hockey machine. Nope. That's, that is just way too much space. But to <laughs> go and play it, it's awesome. And I actually, I actually have a video of, of Arya and Nora playing air yeah. hockey. They're awful. Yeah. And like they, they go but like... But they loved it, didn't they? Yeah, they had oh, a yeah. great time. Because um, I was letting them alternate. You know, they could pick which one they wanted to play. Sure. And Nora eventually figured out, I can get things. Daddy... Which game would get me the most tickets? <laughs> I was like, oh no. Oh You're... no. But I mean, that that is the way that her analytical mind works. Sure. And Arya was like, let's find the fun ones. Yeah. And like, and those those are different different paths. And it's, it's been really fun to see kind of the, the nature versus nurture thing. Yeah. Because they've been raised the same way, like they, and they are their individual personalities, yeah. which is fun. And well, uh, the, I was gonna say, I, I go I go with Whitney, when I go there, she loves some of the, the take, one of her favorite games to play uh, is the the one where you where it puts in the puts in the coin. Um, there's like stacks of coins, and you th you you toss in a coin that goes down a uh, a ramp, and then you could push out coins. And she loves those kind of things. Uh, it's one reason why um, she said if you know if, if don't get her near a slot machine, because yeah. you have that instant gratification, mm -hmm. and it. There, there's something cool, there's something simplistic about that, but I think it's interesting, the analytical mind of saying, how do I get the most of these? Because yeah. that's one of the reasons why she likes those. You can get so many points on those, or, you know, collectibles, and and, and um, it's it's a different way to look at it. Yeah. I always looked at it to say, to, to be the, about the gameplay. Yeah. I want to have fun and play the game. Well, see, uh, as far as, like, tickets game, as far as ticket games mm -hmm. go, uh, my two favorites are the, uh, are the basketball one, and um, the the any any form of whack a mole, oh, whack -a -mole. yeah. That's that's what I want to play. There was one when I was growing up. I love skee ball. It was, skee ball is like my, my thing. Skee ball is really frustrating for me because I know that the most difficult one uh -huh. is is the one up there in the corner. Yeah. But if I miss it, then I'm gonna have like the the, the ten base, or whatever. The base yeah, level, and yeah. so that's that's really frustrating for me because I want to go for that one, but I know it's smartest to play in the middle. Yeah, I, I like when they give you. There are certain ones that you go to now. They'll give you a bonus, and it's random as to which one is the bonus. Okay. So instead of just going for the corner one, like the bonus could be the the upper upper middle one, right. or the or the actual middle one. And it's like you know you get two or three times the points if you go to this one, That's, and it's random. I, I like I like that. Yeah. But like uh, when I was growing up, there was this there was this little uh, there was a, a whack-a-mole type thing, except it was alligators coming out. Okay. And so every time you hit them on the head, there was there was a ow, and it was like this <laughs> like I can hear it in my head. It was yeah. like it was like a very specific sound. So like obviously we're smart we didn't use the hammer so we would just sit there and that's that is honestly fun yeah and you get tickets for it yeah uh we do have a couple more comments mm -hmm. uh chris white said when i was a kid i visited the dunes at lake michigan and they had a small arcade which included again teenage mutant ninja Turtles. oh yeah i played through the whole game and had a group of people standing around watching it was a blast 
the the social aspect of it, and that's that's something we really haven't touched on much. Yeah. But like that's that's one of the things that's that's missing. Oh yeah. And that's that's why I like playing uh, couch uh, competitive stuff because then I get to yell at you when I beat you, <laughs> and that's that's more entertaining for me. Well, you also had people with when it came to Turtles in Time, uh, and uh, there was a uh, Punisher game that was that was uh, very similar. It's the, the side-scroller beat-em-up kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, if you didn't see, did you see the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game that they just announced? I have not. So it is Turtles in Time-style uh, 2D beat-em-up, but you play the Power Rangers. Okay. And it looks great. And, I'll play it. And we're talking, we're talking original series, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, but I, I like those type of games because this, the Simpsons game and the, and the X-Men game and the Turtles game you had four to six people in the X-Men one. You had yeah. six in that one. And you could you could be playing the game and then basically meet other people who are also playing with you because if it's a one, if it's a, like Street Fighter, you're kind of up against each other. And you have the old school, you put your quarter down. I, 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 like, I love I'm that. I'm next. That's, you're that's dead, my quarter. Mine. Yeah. That's my quarter. You, when and you die, that's my quarter. It goes in It's there. also fun because if you, if you get good enough, because uh, like I was playing in arcades when... Um, like when Street Fighter Two first came out, yep. and before everybody knew that Ryu and Ken were the were the high end, like the strategic players, when people were still trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, Blanca and Guile, you know, you can do these charge up things, and then you can do a really awesome move, and it's like, well, yeah, but I can kick your butt during those two seconds because I know what you're doing here. See, I was good at E Honda. I was really E-Honda, good at E Honda. Yeah. Um, that was, I think Ryu was like my default. I called him Ryu because I didn't know better. Right. Um, now we know. Well, it's like uh, I used to call it Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. And it's Gaiden, but yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but uh, I played, I played the heck out of uh, out of uh, Street Fighter. This was this was actually interesting. My first time playing Street Fighter was it we used to be the Ramada Renaissance. I think it's Ramada Renaissance. I think it's now the Omni Hotel off Campbell and Seventy Five. Okay. Um, so I uh, stayed there when uh, our house in uh, Plano when I was a, a little kid. They, that house wasn't ready, but we had to move down here because of my parents' jobs. Okay. So we stayed there for like I think six weeks it seemed like a lot longer than that well yeah that's a long time for a kid but uh down but and the they had a little arcade area where they had like like three games and one of them was street fighter and i played the heck out of street fighter 2 that was my first time playing that and then realizing it's also on genesis because they have a genesis uh like a year year and a half later and realizing oh that game that i played is on there yep uh and it wasn't it wasn't as good but it was close enough like the turtles game they had they tried to do that on the uh the nes and the genesis and it wasn't yeah it wasn't as good but i think the social aspect of it is kind of lost because now we have the online social aspect but you don't have uh places like the arcade or the roller rink which also have arcades um there's one that's still around uh, here. I don't know if you brought the girls to Thunderbird. Um, it's right around the corner, but but I I don't know how they'll do a roller skating. But like that's a cool memory for me. Yeah, roller roller that, skating is awesome. Yeah, that's a cool memory for me that you could you could go there when you were like you know twelve or thirteen. Your parents would drop you off there. Yeah. And you know, just go have fun. It's, it's, it's go fun. Pay, go do, I'll go pick go do you things. up. And I, I went there with uh, with my with my nephew. They had a uh, Poke Skate, which is Pokemon's, you know, all all this. And I realized um, one that I'm old, mm. and and two uh, that it's still a thing for for these kids. These kids are getting dropped off by their parents, and uh, you know, you've got 
you know, all these, you know, preteen and teen running around. I thought that was really cool to, that it's still a thing. Yeah. It's it's just a lot less common. Yeah, there's only one, I think, in this area is Thunderbird. But. Uh, we have one last comment from Houston. He said, I love playing The Simpsons, but Marvel vs. Capcom probably is my favorite of the arcade games. And uh, going back to fighting games and, and the social aspect, like, there were games that I was I was never any good at. Because, like, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, like, that entire series and, like, the Alpha series, yeah. like, because uh, I, I, w- I was fine with and I knew the, the layout. Mm-hmm. From from like the the basic characters, I could figure all that stuff sure. out. Sure. And um, also, spoiler: if you if you if you get into like uh, one of the, I think it's the first two generations of Street Fighter, then um, if you're going up against Dalzim, mm-hmm. then any airborne attack will hit his hand, will override his hands, Ooh. no matter where he is in the animation. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. The later ver- they they took it out of the later <laughs> versions, but they couldn't patch an arcade game. You can't patch and, a cab, yeah. Yeah. So that that was really fun. But that's like Marvel versus Capcom is one that's that's really, really fun for me to watch. Because like you have the build up to the the super mega I'm going to destroy the earth to kill you. When you had well you had the addition of of because I, I was a, I'm a comic nerd I still am yeah uh, but I was a comic nerd as a kid and the fact that I could see Juggernaut come in there and fight or you know Wolverine and be able to fight Wolverine against Blanca or it, yeah that's really cool because as a kid you think of these kind of things I mean you all you want to see these types of, yep. of pairings and to be able to do that is really amazing and that that was one of the greatest cabs uh, of all time uh, I did you play a lot of the the classics did you play like Donkey Kong when, when you were a kid did you get, oh, yeah, okay because yeah, yeah. okay. yeah. I because I, I got I played uh, quite a few of those and you know they were they were so much more difficult um, but they were uh, I think Donkey Kong, Galaga, Centipede. Um, I, I, I say Donkey Kong a lot because I think it probably is one of the best uh, when it comes to that era. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that uh, when I go into a go into an arcade and they still have a handful of those, it's really cool. But to me, I, I don't think they're as rewarding. And I can't sit there and play Donkey Kong for like two hours. But I could sit there, sit and play the Simpsons game. I could play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Those games are still good and still fun. Right now, the Terminator uh, game with the with the Uzi or uh, House of the Dead. House yeah, of House the of the Dead, Dead and the the shooting games, the light gun games. Uh, yes. Time Crisis. Time Crisis was great. I played Time Crisis. I don't know four or five. I don't even know what it was. Played that recently. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I, I I hosted another bachelor party yeah. recently, and that, this is what I do. Basically, <laughs> I look for friends getting married and look for an excuse to take them out to an oh, arcade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, for for my buddy Alan's. Uh, bachelor party we went to we went to the arcade and uh we we had gone like all the way through time crisis five and a half or whatever and uh like so apparently what they do there to shut it down is they just pull the plug and all the arcade machines just turn off what like at the end of the night yeah like when it comes closing time they just and it made me sad okay did they give you a warning no okay that's 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 bull because if they said hey so we're closing in 10 minutes. Please wrap yeah. up. We're closing in five minutes. Nope. This is a final warning. Like, we, we knew it was coming, but... Because I, if I owned a place, I would do that and be like, hey, 10-minute warning. Yeah. Five-minute warning. Hey, just to let you guys know, we will be shutting down. Uh, yep. Thank you, blah, 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 blah. And then I'd probably wait two or three minutes just to make sure someone can wrap up. Because yeah. there's always like that, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm good. 
Yeah. Then shut it down. So I, I, uh. I think we were on the last stage, but... But yeah, so let us know in the comments uh, what your favorite arcade game is, yeah. what your favorite arcade memory is, and which game did you pour way too many quarters in to finally beat. I still play, play uh, do that with Big Buck Hunter. Whitney loves it. Nice. I don't, I don't know why. Right. <laughs> let us know in the comments. We'll Thanks. See, we'll see Have you guys later. Thank you for watching this week in our collective heads and all the other cool content we've got here. If you like that, subscribe and see stuff like this or different than this, but you'll like it. I promise. Yes. We only give you the best quality content. We're nerds and we branch out into all areas, so we will we will pull from, from movies, from books, from all these different things that we experience and associate it with and put it next to video games. Mm -hmm. Video games are our main passion. And if it's yours, like us and, and message us. Talk to us. Yeah. Hit us up on Twitch. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Everything. YouTube. Talk to us wherever. <laughs> we're we don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> and we're Twitch everywhere, so it's easy to remember. Except for Twitch, which doesn't make sense. Twitch, Twitch, Twitch gaming. gaming there. But go check us out. And we love you. Thank you.